Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we have a great story where somebody finally has enough and gets some pro-revenge. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, don't do your job so I have to work loads of unplanned overtime? Then you refuse my day off? Have fun filling my shoes. Full story. I worked for the fastest growing home security and automation company in Canada slash USA a few years ago. It starts with V and ends with INT. It was a job I loved, and I regret quitting to this day. After spending a summer as an install tech, in which I had half the service tickets of the next best person in the office, and 90% of my tickets were the result of one incompetent coworker who frequently helped me, I got a permanent position as a service tech. This was a job I loved, was great at, and was reasonably fast despite providing exceptional first-time fix rates, customer service, and upsales. Service was almost identical to being an install tech, except 90% of my work was fixing or removing systems instead of installing them. Enter my manager, I'll call him Vinny, not his real name. Vinny had been with the company three or four years longer than me. He hired me for the permanent position after a recommendation from my summer manager. The only problem, the new manager was a classic fulfillment of the Peter principle. He had been promoted beyond his level of competence. My first three weeks were training and Vinny put me with my team lead, who happened to be a guy I grew up with. By day two, I'd already learned all the service tech software tools that install techs didn't have access to and was ready to be on my own. I literally didn't learn anything new for the rest of the three weeks. The problem was that Vinny had not set up my employee profile yet. Fair enough, I'll wait. On day three, my team lead and I went to a customer's home to remove their system. Team lead just wanted to rip it out and go home. I listened to the customer, and it sounded like she didn't feel the system protected her the way she wanted. So, I upsold her $1,800 worth of equipment, which we installed immediately. That's a $600 commission. The problem? This ticket, which should have been mine, was not mine because my profile was not set up yet. Team lead took the credit and got the $600 commission and treated me to McDonald's as a reward. Three weeks pass and Vinny still hasn't set up my employee profile, so I start hounding him. Finally on Friday he says he'll get it set up by the next Monday, four weeks from hire. He calls me two hours later to say that it's done and I'll be on my own, taking my own tickets on Monday. Great news. So Monday comes and I'm on my own, finally. New problem. None of the software tools are working for me. I end up having to call into the software support center on almost every freaking ticket. This, of course, makes me take more time to complete everything from then on. So for four to five days each week, I end up working one to four hours of overtime when I should have been getting home early 90% of the time based on my workload. Five months into this crap show, my church, which was the same faith as Vinny's and team leads, holds a major regional activity for singles in my age group, with about a two weeks notice on a Friday. For the first week after the announcement, I'm so busy with work that I completely forget to ask the day of the event off. So at lunch on Friday, a week before the event, I email Vinny to make the request. 
so that I wouldn't forget again. Vinny calls me at the end of the day on Monday saying that I need to reassign or reschedule all of my tickets for that day, which is actually Vinny's job, and then I can have the day off. But there's a catch. One ticket cannot be rescheduled. I had visited that customer the week before, the last ticket of the day. She had had a huge cluster freak of problems with her system for three months, and with my software tools still not working, it would take me around two full days of work to resolve all of those issues, even after the four hours I'd already spent there. Despite it not being my job to do so, I managed to reschedule most of my tickets for the following week, but I called everyone in my office, including my team lead, and nobody would take that one ticket. I called Vinny twice that week to tell him that nobody would take the ticket. I even offered to pay my coworkers $50 out of my own pocket on top of their regular pay. I found out that one of my coworkers had rescheduled that ticket, which is why it ended up on my plate. With each phone call, Vinny kept saying, It's your responsibility to find someone to take that ticket, and you cannot reschedule it. So, Thursday night at 8pm, having been unsuccessful in finding anyone to take the ticket, I left a voicemail on Vinny's phone that I would not be coming into work the next morning and would, in fact, not be coming in at all. Vinny called 20 minutes later saying he rescheduled the ticket, I could have the day off, and begged me to at least finish out the two weeks. I told him that I'd only finish out the two weeks if I could rescind my notice. He refused, so I said, then we have nothing else to discuss. Click. Six weeks later, he got fired. Freak him. I heard from former co-workers that he had basically been quiet quitting. He'd been building a house in another city an hour away and was basically just collecting paychecks as long as he could. And as for my team lead that got my $600 commission, he refused to give me a reference despite me being a phenomenal employee in spite of Vinny's bull. Freak him too. I heard he quit and moved to England to go to Oxford. It didn't pan out, and he got divorced and is working some crap entry-level job now back here in Canada. To this day, I regret quitting. I have a friend who worked the same role in another office. He eventually got stationed in Hawaii for five years and loved every minute of it. That job would have been a great career option for me, had Vinny not been such a selfish incompetent butt hat. I feel so bad for OP because this should have been a dream job and they got totally sandbagged by this guy. I mean, they were even excelling at it too and they just completely dragged them right down. I mean, they had their revenge and they walked out of there, but man, it sucks when you regret it. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, try to give me revenge cookies? Joke's on you, I'm into that crap. The reason this person wanted to get revenge on me was super dumb and would take too much time to fully explain, so I'll try to summarize it as quickly as possible. To make a really convoluted story short, my friends and I were all in our young 20s. My ADHD slash possibly autistic butt was way worse at picking up on social cues than I am now, and these two friends of mine had an unrequited love thing going on. The object of affection was a good friend of mine, knew about the other person's feelings but was too much of a people pleaser to ask her to stop hitting on her. The person who liked her was just unbelievably petty and dumb in that way that only overdramatic 20-somethings can be and was jealous of my friendship with her crush. Even though I'm very openly gay and clearly had no interest in her, that didn't stop her from wanting to get revenge, so she baked chocolate chili cookies and gave them to me as a present saying that she just felt like doing something nice. Me, loving spicy food, which she didn't know, 
was super happy with this and gladly ate them all. It wasn't until a day or so later that my friend told me that they were actually supposed to be revenge cookies, and the creepy stalker was silently fuming the entire time I was obliviously scarfing down her delicious... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And spicy revenge. I still have a taste for spicy cookies to this day. Now, to be fair, if it were me, that would definitely be some kind of revenge. Unless it's, like, hot wings. I'm not really looking for, like, anything to be spicy. But it is extremely satisfying when you know that somebody's trying to get revenge on you, and it unironically ends up being something that you actually adore. Our next story is getting a creepy man fired after his first day. This guy was a cretin, a disgusting, creepy man. He dug his own grave by saying the things that he said, but I was the one that pushed him into it. Not for the crappy things he said though, but for what he did to me. At the time, I was working as a door-to-door salesman. The day would start with everyone going to the office, then everyone getting into a car to drive to a different suburb. This was his first day, and he was assigned to my car. His vibe was off-putting from the start, Every word out of his mouth was about women and sex. He started commenting on all of the female employees that he literally only just met, how hot they are, which ones he'd bang, just gross stuff like that. I was glad none of them were in the car to hear it, but at the same time I wished one of them was. Perhaps with a girl in the car he would have behaved himself. He then asked me about the women that work in our other branch in another city since I used to work there. I was not comfortable objectifying them in that way, so I said, I'm not going to answer that question. His reaction was disgraceful. I saw it in the review mirror. He whispered something to another guy, then did a hand gesture. I confirmed with the guy afterwards what the creep had said, and he said, he asked me if you were gay. If you're wondering, the hand gesture was the stereotypical hand flip thing that people do to mock gay people. In case you're thinking that being called gay is what I got revenge for, don't. Being called gay isn't an issue for me, but on that topic, what was so freaked up about that accusation was that in this creep's mind, not wanting to objectify women means you're gay. To him, objectifying women was a requirement for heterosexuality. No, what I wanted revenge for was a bit more petty. At this point, we took a quick pit stop so we could get one last bite to eat before we reached the destination. He went to get his bag, which he left in my car boot. He went to the boot and tried to open the door. He met resistance. Now, for most people, what I call smart people, if they try to open a door but can't, they reach the conclusion that it's locked. This, however, was not a smart person. In his mind, the reason why the boot wasn't opening is because he wasn't pushing the button hard enough. 
So what did he do? He pushed the button harder. He pushed the button so hard that he pushed it up into the door. He broke my car boot. I was so freaking ticked. For the rest of the day, if any one of us needed to get stuff from the boot, we had to go through the rear seats. He denied doing it, but I saw him do it. I was in the driver's seat, watching him in the rearview mirror trying to open the boot. I saw the moment it happened. I saw the panic in his eyes. Whatever though, we had a job to do, so I decided to sort it out later. I dropped everyone off at their individual streets, and we got to work. After stewing on it, I decided I was going to get him fired. I just needed to figure out how. Luckily, he would dig his own grave. At the end of the day, I drove around town to collect everyone. I picked up the creep last. He got in the car and he said, I just met the sexiest hottie with the biggest chest you've ever seen. Freak what I would do to her. I started flirting with her, then her mom came to the door. Turns out the girl was 14 though, so I couldn't sell to her and the mom wasn't interested, but dang, I wish I could go back there. What in the absolute freak? The whole car went silent when he said that. I get that some people look older than they are. However, if you're a 30-year-old man and you're flirting with someone, the minute you find out they're 14, you shut the freak up. You've made a mistake. Now pretend like it never happened. Don't double down on it and repeat the story to people as if you've done nothing wrong. However, this is all I needed. It was like a gift from creepy heaven. This guy loaded the gun. All I had to do was pull the trigger. I told the boss the next morning. I told him everything. He said, I'll have a chat with him. This was not the reaction I was hoping for, so I said, No, you're going to fire him or I walk. I really didn't want to play that card, but I was one of the top salesmen and I knew he wouldn't want to risk losing me. I was bluffing, but luckily he didn't call me on it. He did fire him that morning. The moment he walked into the office, the boss pulled him aside. Shortly after that, the creep left and never came back. People asked what happened, so I let them know. The other guys in the car backed up my stories and everyone agreed it was the right decision. The only guilt I felt was that it took him breaking my car to make me want to get him fired. He should have been fired for any one of the things he did. A better man would have reported him, regardless of the car incident. Yeah, as soon as you had a shift and this guy was just being so gross and sexual and objectifying, you should have just straight up reported that instantly, even if it's like some kind of anonymous thing, especially if they have an HR. Is that not like a textbook HR thing to report? This next story is Soap Stealer. Well, this is super petty. I, 56-year-old female, love going for a walk slash jog in the evenings. I sit at a desk for a good part of my day, so I exercise in the morning and walk and jog at night. After I get home, I love to relax in my jetted tub. After I relax for a bit, I wash and get out. Here comes the issue. My husband, 62-year-old male, takes the soap from my tub to use at his sink. This wouldn't be an issue if his sink wasn't 15 feet away from the tub and he would put it back. We keep a soap dispenser beside our sinks, but I guess he likes the bar kind. I've asked him not to do this at least 10 times as we keep the extra soap under his sink, and he could easily just grab a new one. So I noticed that he did it again, but this time I noticed before I got in the tub. I have now gone around and collected all the bar soap, 11 brand new and two used, and hid them. Stupid? Yes, but I'm going to have a great giggle tonight when he starts looking for soap. He's going to come back and say, honey, we need to get some extra soap. We ran out. Or he's definitely going to go straight to OP and say, listen, I know we had a whole bar of soap just earlier today or yesterday. 
What did you do with it? Our next story is steal my money and gaslight me. Have fun explaining your DVD. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Collection to your girlfriend. This one was a few years before Mac got into hard drugs, so he was still a bit more reasonable of a person but still treated everyone like crap. I believe this instance happened five years before my last post, but that's not important to this story. For the sake of keeping the story flowing, let's just say I was 13 years old. I'm getting to the age where I'm picking up lawn mowing to earn a few bucks, but without much success. Lo and behold, I finally made my first $50 bill in my life that wasn't given to me for Christmas or my birthday. I earned it. Heck, I would have been lucky to get that much for a Christmas or a birthday. My great aunt, one of the few people in my life that I felt actually listened and cared about what I had to say, said I could mow her lawn for $30. She gave me a $20 tip because she didn't have change. At least, that's what she told me. I didn't care. It was 50 whole dollars. I go about my day feeling just like Bart Simpson in the episode with the same storyline. I was ready to find my quickie mart, buy the most potent, squishy money could get me, all the candy I could eat, and then wander on over to my local strip mall to buy a GameCube game to play. Alas, this all had to wait. 13-year-old me had to wait until I could go to the strip mall. The following morning, my mom broke the news that I had to stay at Mac's place for the weekend as no one else would be around due to a family emergency. Great. I'm stuck with my jerk brother. What kind of nightmare would I have to endure in what was going to likely be a toxic waste dump zoned as an apartment? To my pleasant surprise, it wasn't all that bad. His girlfriend kept the place tidy and things organized. He let me play his Xbox 360 to keep me occupied. I was having a decent time with Mac. He wasn't being a jerk to me as he always was. I thought maybe he was finally going to be decent to me. That evening, he saw the $50 bill hanging out of my pocket and managed to talk me into loaning it to him. Said he would be able to give it back to me by Sunday morning. My naive 13-year-old self believed him. He buttered me up with video games, random snacks, and a bit of soda, then off to fill his gas tank with my 50. I now know he most likely used it to buy weed. Sunday morning rolled around, and before I went home, I asked for the money. Max said, I need a bit longer, but I promise I'll pay you back this week. The same excuse was meaninglessly said that week, and the next week, and then the next. Almost a month later, he said to me, I already paid you. I have no idea why you're still asking me, and then hung up the phone. It was clear I was never getting the money. Of course, believing the best in my dad at the time, I said to him, he's stealing my money. He never paid me, and he's telling everyone he already did. He calls Mac, who then tells my dad that I was already paid, spent the money on McDonald's or a video game, and forgot I spent it. The realization I was never getting my money back sunk even deeper into my gut. I decided to move on with my life, not that I have a choice. There's nothing I can do to get it back. I'm 13. He's twice my size and has a car. I have a bike and he lives 10 miles away. More time passes, I forget how long, before mom says, We're going away again and you're staying at your brother's apartment for the night. OP will pick you up before church tomorrow. Great, I'm stuck with him. 
still angry that I even had to see him again and now I'm trapped in his apartment for the next 12 to 24 hours. This time, Mac is much less accommodating. No video games, nothing fun. The jerk even makes me cook his dinner for him by promising me Xbox time if I did, to which he immediately goes back on. He tells me, instead just pick a good movie to watch. I start rifling through the DVDs while Mac and girlfriend sit down on the couch behind me to eat the food they just tricked me into making for them. I am furious. I decided to make the best of it and picked out an R-rated action movie I wouldn't be able to watch at home. I open one case and I don't know what it is. It's a movie I had never heard of. I wish I could remember what I saw on that DVD. Oh well, I know Mac doesn't ever put movies back in their original cases. I'll check another. So I reach to open another I might like. Same thing. Another strange DVD with a weird name and I can't find the proper case. How annoying. I pick up one more DVD case and find one labeled, Mommy Wants Hard Salami. I finally think, gross, I've been rifling through his entertainment. Then I search through a couple more DVD cases that have the wrong DVDs but they are movies I've heard of. Then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mac had strategically formed a spank bank in all of the movie cases that girlfriend would never watch. He never counted on me going through it. I go back a few cases and grab the spicy DVD. I put it in the tray, then with a deep breath and a, here we go, I hit play. I look up at the TV and say, Mac, I think something's wrong with your movie. This doesn't look like the normal men loud entertainment music starts to play along with all of the accompanying images. His girlfriend screams, OP, what the freak? Did you seriously bring adult entertainment and expect us to watch it with you? I reply, I thought this was movie title. Mac has all of the cases mixed up, and I didn't look at the DVD before I put it in. The looks on their faces and the following silence between the two was worth every cent of that $50 he stole from me. They disappeared outside to one of their cars for a bit. When they came back inside, they told me that something had come up, and they were bringing me to my cousin's instead. The whole car ride was more silence between the two. I sat in the back, staring out the window, heart racing, hoping he wouldn't realize what I just did to him. Mac drove and his girlfriend stared out the window with a look of frustration and sheer rage buried beneath it the entire time. She was the insecure, jealous, attention-seeking type, and I knew this was going to blow up between them the moment I got out of the car. I'd like to say I learned more about what happened after that, but we never spoke of that day again. I did everything I could to avoid ever going back to Max. To this day, he doesn't know I did it on purpose. I mean, I feel like, considering the circumstances, this was a very reasonable mistake for a 13-year-old to make. So really, Max set himself up for failure with such a dumb strategy. I mean, if it even was a strategy, it might just be a situation where they had their Mommy Wants a Salami DVD and they just stuck it in whatever case didn't have something in it. Knowing how Mac is described here, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the situation and not some secret strategy of hiding this stuff. This next story is, yes, I know I'm the jerk, but still it karmic. The time I showed a GW employee a mispriced item. I'm having such good luck this week. A few days ago, I stopped by my local GW. While shopping, I found a dress, NWT, that was selling for $30. Out of pure curiosity, I looked up the exact dress direct from the brand, and it was on clearance, selling for $10. I pointed this out to an employee, hoping she would consider repricing it, but she just shrugged me off and said flippantly, this is what they sell for. So I moved on. I was supposed to meet a guy for brunch in an hour, 
So I decided to try and find a cute pair of earrings to match the $9.99 dress I found. Instead, what I found was a solid 14-karat gold Le'Veon ring with a 2-karat natural sapphire and 18 genuine diamonds for $2.99. I went through every piece of jewelry hanging on the wall and when I saw that one, the lizard part of my brain immediately went, that looks like real gold. I'm sure they checked the cameras after I left and I must have looked like a crazy person to them, walking back and forth for 5 minutes with this ring an inch from my face. As soon as I calmed enough to form real thoughts again, I made a beeline to the checkout where I plated cucumber cool with shaking hands as I paid for it. Then I saw the employee that I talked to about the dress. I couldn't help but beam as I showed her my find with a gleeful, see there are still treasures hidden here. She immediately tried to accuse me of switching the tags. I looked at her incredulously and said solidly, nope. Nice try. Then she switched tactics and said an employee must have mistagged it and she needed to reprice it for me. When I produced my receipt, proving I'd already purchased it, she deflated in front of me like a balloon. This is one of those situations where like you take it and you run. You don't want to like linger around any longer than you can. I mean, I guess you already purchased it. You already got the receipt. You're practically out the door. But I don't know. I just wouldn't want to even give them the chance if they become desperate enough to try to reclaim that property that got sold for $3. Our next story is, I finally had enough. A while back before I moved, I worked downtown in a major city as a paralegal at a defense firm. Every day when it was time to go home, everyone would have to go to the end of the street and merge left to get on an up-ramp that leads to the interstate. It was a two-lane street that turned into a one-lane a block before going up the ramp. Every day, there were people who didn't want to get in the one lane and would drive to the beginning of the line and cut people off to get onto the interstate instead of waiting their turn in line. It would make my blood boil. So one day, my car was in the shop and I was driving a rental car and had opted for rental insurance. Well, I was the car in front and I saw this large, shiny new black pickup truck coming up on my right trying to cut me off. All of a sudden, it hit me that I was in the rental car and just drove the car straight and didn't let the truck over. My car just crunched into the truck's driver and passenger doors. It was a really big dent. So a man jumped out of the truck and started yelling at me saying that he was an attorney and was going to sue me for everything I had. I recognized his name and remembered that he was a plaintiff attorney in a two-man law office and represented a couple of plaintiffs in a huge class action case that the attorney, a partner in a 200 attorney law firm I worked for, defended. So I started laughing which ticked him off even more. He asked what was so funny and I told him the attorney that I was a paralegal for and you should have seen his face drop. He kind of laughed and said he would file it with his own insurance and then left. I guess he thought he could intimidate me with the yelling and saying he was a lawyer even though he was in the wrong. There were cars behind me that witnessed the accident and were laughing so hard because the same thing happened to them and said that they would testify in my defense. The feeling of driving into his truck felt so good though. This guy, forget that he was a lawyer, he was driving the pickup truck and felt empowered just by the pickup truck. Like as if him being in that big old pickup truck means everybody's going to yield when he starts putting a little bit of pressure on somebody. Our next story is, heck hath no fury. This happened to my best friend a while back, but seeing as he's not a Redditor, it's mine to share. So my friend, we'll call him Bob, has been in a relationship with a girl, we'll call her Belle, for about two years at this point, when he moved away to start university. Seeing as the journey to see each other is only roughly an hour or so, 
they decided to stay together and make things work. Cue Temptation One of his classmates takes a romantic interest in Bob and begins the courting rituals of suggestive snaps and late night studying. I'm sure you know the rest, but in Bob's defense, he did manage to resist that temptation for a good few months. Anyway, it turns out Bob didn't have the stomach for adultery, and upon completion of the scandalous act, he almost immediately started sobbing and with guilt racing through his constricting veins, he promptly called Bell and unleashed a brutally honest full confession. The next day, Bell arrived at his university halls, ready for the inevitable groveling. After hours of being berated, Bob announced his dire need of a cigarette and took five minutes outside. After sucking all possible nicotine from his cigarette, he had a sudden realization that he had just left an enraged and scorned woman unattended in his flat. Racing back up the stairs with the expectation of ripped clothes and condiments on the walls, he was pleasantly surprised to find Belle simply pacing back and forth in an untouched flat. After breaking up, Belle left, and Bob was alone with his guilts and regrets. Now, the important context here is that these stereotypes are true. Us Brits love our tea. It is the fuel that sustains us. A hug in a mug, liquid love. We especially use tea in times of distress. Specifically, an extra sweet cup of tea for something really harrowing. This is why Bob's next involuntary action was to flick the kettle on, grab a tea bag, and chuck it in his favorite mug. Already, the anticipation of his brew started to soothe his angst. As the boiling water engulfed the tea bag and hues of orange and brown swelled to fill the mug, Bob noticed something deeply unsettling. His tea bag had ripped, black spots of tea floating menacingly on the surface. With anger rising, Bob threw the mockery of a brew down the sink and restarted the process. Again, black spots of inedible tea permeates the golden nectar. After trying to make a third cuppa, Bob finally decided to check his box of tea bags. It was then he made the shocking discovery that Belle had cut holes in every single tea bag. Anyway, Belle and Bob got back together like a month later and have been happily together for nearly eight years now. They live together and have had no more tea bag related incidents. Well, Bob doesn't get any brownie points, any point in the story, doesn't matter the groveling, doesn't matter the immediate self-reporting to his partner, guy still let himself get led on for a long time and ultimately cheated, but still it's kinda nice to hear that there was a happy ending even after all of that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.